Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 118. It's a themed episode, as I mentioned on the, the last episode. I was going to do a themed one this time. Uh, I threw the question out there on the Facebook page and got a few responses. Um, I picked a theme for this one, and then after I had already picked this theme, I received a few more really good ideas. So I think I'm going to do a themed one um, a couple episodes from now. Like I'm going to do them. Normally I spread them out a bit, but I was so pleased with some of the ideas that I got uh, from you guys that I want to do another one. So I'm thinking 119 might be a normal episode, but I think maybe 120 I'll do a theme again. The theme for this one, Drinking Anthems. And that is um, songs that are, most of the songs on this list are actually about drinking or reference drinking in some way. Uh, but there are a few on here that, uh, while they're not about drinking, they're definitely songs that I have listened to while drinking with my buddies. <laughs> so I even got a couple of um, requests. Like, I approached a couple of my friends and just said, what would you guys consider a good drinking song? You know, and then whatever they told me, I wrote it down and uh, included, it, included it in the list here. So... So yes, this one will be probably a lot less black metal and death metal focused because, frankly, they don't really sing about that kind of subject matter uh, for the most part. So you'll hear some more, slightly more like traditional uh, metal going on here. And uh, I even included one from one of my old bands because I can. So here we go. Let's kick off the drinking episode. I've got my beer at the ready. I might take a swig right now. Ah, yes. All right. Let's kick things off. We're going to Norway here. This band has been around since 87. And uh, they've kind of explored some different genres, some different styles over the years. That band is Dark Throne. And I'm going to play something off of the 2006 album, The Cult is Alive, which is their 12th album out of 19, which is still crazy for me to think that they have 19 albums. Um... But this came out through Peaceville Records. It was their first album back on Peaceville um, after releasing a string of albums through Moonfog. Um, and whenever they returned to Peaceville, I remember they, before I ever heard a note of this album, I remember they had a like a press release or whatever of them talking about how this album was going to be a style change and it was going to be kind of an infusion of uh, punk elements into the black metal sound. And for the most part, they're right. It's not over the top with the, the punk but uh, it's definitely more present than on previous releases or anything like that. So, 
there are several good tracks on this. It's not a flawless album by any means. There's some filler stuff on there, but there's some great tracks on there, like Too Old, Too Cold is a great one, Cult of Goliath. So, yes, I'm going to play something, really the only song on there that is uh, very clearly about drinking. So let's kick things off here. Off of the 2006 album, The Cult is Alive, this is Dark Throne with Whiskey Funeral. Fuck off! 
right, that was Dark Throne with Whiskey Funeral off of The Cult is Alive. That's a pretty good one. It's not my favorite off of the album, but it certainly applies to tonight's theme. We're jumping to Germany here out of Hamburg. This band has been around since 83. They are one of the best metal bands to ever come out of Germany, in my opinion. That band is Halloween. And I love Halloween. I've always enjoyed Halloween. Um, Since I was back in high school, I remember buying the uh, High Live DVD. And uh, so, I mean, my first real real introduction to them was uh, the... What the hell is it called? It's not... Treasure Chest, that's what it's called. I almost said Hidden Treasures, but that's a uh, Megadeth EP. But yeah, Treasure Chest. And that was because of a older kid in high school... I was a freshman, I believe he was a junior, Uh, he was leaving school, he was on his bike, had his headphones on, and me and my friend Chris were, you know, uh, there there were not that many metalheads in high school, so even though we were younger, you know, he knew that me and Chris were always wearing our our band t-shirts and stuff, so he uh, stopped his bike and said, hey, have you ever heard Halloween? I said, I've heard of them, but I've never heard them before, so he put his headphones on my ears and I was listening to part of a song and I thought it was cool and I just checked it out from there and ended up buying that uh, Greatest Hits which was the treasure chest. So it has stuff from both, you know, well, all three of their singers over the years and I was always pretty taken with Andy Darris and his vocals, that kind of gravelly voice he has. So I've been a fan ever since but um, when I was living in Dallas with my friend Corey as my roommate, my friend and bandmate, um... I don't think he was all that familiar with Halloween, and uh, they had just released their, at the time, newest album called My God-Given Right in 2015. Uh, That was their 16th album. came out through Atomic Fire Records. They've done 17 albums now at this point. But uh, they had just released My God-Given Right, and there was this one song that was a single that um, I love the song, and the lyrics were cracking me up because it's literally about them being from the sound of things either in south america or central america i can't recall but they were stuck at the airport because their flight was being delayed so they just passed the time by drinking a ton and then drinking even more on the plane <laughs> so this song is kind of funny and uh cory was always pretty taken with uh with the lyrics because they're uh one of the lines is uh they say that um we should plunder the sky bar meaning the bar on the plane um so yeah, this one was always kind of a, a a fun one for us to listen to in the apartment back in the day. So here we go, off of 2015's My God Given Right, this is Halloween with Lost in America. <laughs> Yeah. 
we go that was halloween out of germany with lost in america that's a fun one a lot of my friends do not like halloween because they kind of have more of an upbeat kind of happy vibe to them uh but they've got darker stuff too there's a lot in their discography um all right we're jumping to the uk here this band is the epitome of rock and roll and drinking and smoking and just living the lifestyle so out of the UK, since 1975, up until, well, up until just a few years ago, really, the band is Motorhead. I like Motorhead, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm a connoisseur of all things Lemmy and all things Motorhead. Um, they've got so many records, and there's a bunch of them that I'm just not really that familiar with. But this particular song... Um, while it's not off of one of their like classic albums, this is a great tune, and it's a great anthem for just living the party lifestyle, pretty much. So, all things included, drinking and whatnot. So, the album is called Bastards, and it came out in November of 93 uh, through ZYX Music, and that was their 12th album. They ended up finishing with 23 records, which is pretty crazy. Um... But this was during that stretch where they had two guitar players, which I forgot was a thing. Um, in fact, I didn't really know that was a thing until I watched a documentary uh, about Motorhead, just kind of doing a... It wasn't super in-depth, you know, it was more in-depth about the early days, and then they just kind of, you know, um, breezed their way through the <laughs> the rest of their history. But, um, but yeah, I, I honestly thought that they were kind of always a trio, and... Um, saw that for a few records there there was they were a four piece which is kind of cool but yeah this album came out in 93 
and I really don't know much about it at all. Um, I had checked out the later albums because they were kind of more in my stream of consciousness, I guess. So they were more present to me because uh, they were being released at the time that I was paying the most attention, I guess. So some of the later uh, Motorhead records I did check out when they would be released, and they were fine. They sounded like Motorhead, but they just didn't have a ton of like staying power with me. Um, the early stuff is great, of course. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a casual fan of Motorhead, but I'm not a diehard, I will say that. So here we go. Off of 1993's Bastards, this is Motorhead with Born to Raise Hell. Great chorus in this one. Yeah. 
That was Motorhead out of the UK with Born to Raise Hell off of their album Bastards from 93. Like I said, the chorus uh, carries that whole song. Excellent chorus. And Lemmy sounds great. It really wasn't until the last couple of albums that his voice started to sound kind of weak. Uh, he kind of maintained a pretty good voice, you know, as far as his voice goes, at least, uh, for the bulk of their discography. All right, going to the Netherlands here. This band's been around since '02, although they're still active, but as far as I'm concerned, they're kind of dead in the water because there are no original members left. And uh, as I said, they formed in '02. I think the oldest tenured member left is, the I think, the bass player who's been in the band since '06. But the original drummer who's been there all along just left within the past six months, I'd say. Uh, but they're still going. That band is Heidevolk. Heidevolk is a band that I first heard about from uh, my friends Corey and Ryan. They were both big fans and had their Heidevolk hoodies that they would wear to shows and stuff. And I've never seen them still to this day because they don't come to the U.S. Um, yeah, they're a great band, folky band, but it's very epic. It's not really real happy, you know, bouncy, folky kind of stuff. Um but they do some extreme vocals, they use it pretty sparingly, but their kind of uh, thing that they do is that they've always had two vocalists, one that sings a higher melody and one that sings a very low, like, baritone uh, layer underneath it. So um, not all the time, there are moments where it's just one singer singing, but uh, for the bulk of the, the vocals in their songs, it's both vocalists singing at the same time. Um, but it's really good. It's really well done. Very epic. So I'm going to play something off of their Vodan Hirst EP from 2007. Uh, they do have six full lengths up to this point, um, but they just don't sound the same. They've lost both of those singers over the years and replaced them with different guys. And while they have similar voices, uh, it is still noticeably different. But uh, this particular EP, as I said, came out in 07 says it was released independently, but I'm almost certain they were signed at that point, but maybe they just kind of didn't get a proper distribution for this EP, I'm not sure. But there is a cover song on this EP that has become a fan favorite, and they play it at every show as far as I know, and they are excellent at covers. They've done uh, Billy Idol cover, I can't remember, there's another one called uh, In the Dutch Mountains, and I can't remember who originally did that one, but uh, that's a great cover that they do. But this one was by a band called Normal, or Normal, I'm not sure, because there's two A's. Um, but this originally came out in 1990, and it has a very goofy video. Uh, if you are so inclined, you should check it out on YouTube. But uh, Heidevolk took it and really just made it their own, and it's an excellent song. Uh, very easy to play. I learned it on guitar within a matter of like an hour, <laughs> and I, it's fun for me to kind of play along to it when I listen to it. But um, but it's great. It's just a fun. This is a quintessential just fun drinking song for just hanging out with your buddies and trying to sing along to it as best you can, even though it's in a different language. But uh, here we go off of their Vodan Hirst EP. This is Heidevolk with Vulgaris Magistralis. Ik ben vulgaris, magistralis. En ik rijd op die molen rond. Ik had mijn beutje op een berkende vulgaar. 
Mighty Heidevolk with Vulgaris Magistralis. That's such a fun song, and that's really all it takes to get the attention of <laughs> of the friends of Corey and Ryan. Uh, if any one of us just says "Ich bin Vulgaris," then all the rest of us are gonna, you know, immediately turn our heads and <laughs> and stop what we're doing so we can jam this tune. Um, Alright, we're going to one of my former bands out of Texas here in the USA. We existed, I was trying to do the math here, I think we existed roughly from 2010 to 2017 is when we stopped, I think. 
but um, the band is of Oak, and we played live all the time, and we never toured. We played maybe once or twice. We played in San Antonio once. We played in Austin once. But for the most part, we were playing in you know Fort Worth and Dallas. Um, we played with Giant of the Mountain all the time, which of course I'm now a member of Giant of the Mountain. But um, those were fun times. Like we didn't really discriminate when it came to shows. It was just anybody that was torn through a metal band. And it's like we need an opener. Do you guys want to do it? And we'd say, Yeah, what the hell? And we would just do it. So we played all the time. But we were kind of hard to describe because we kind of were rooted in death metal but it was kind of doomy there was some black metal moments in some of these songs there was some folky moments in some of these songs uh so it was kind of all over the place but we kind of had the imagery of a more folky band um with kind of the bracers and um, drinking horn on occasion if the show called for it if it felt like the right time we bust out the drinking horns for some in-between song drinks and banter but um, but yeah we did a demo in 2011 and um, it was a pretty good demo it was three songs and it just it sounded good at least and uh, yeah we finally got around to doing a full length that uh, came out in 2016 called Wanderers and we just kind of self-released it um, Paid for it all ourselves to get it pressed onto CD and packaged and all that so we could sell it at shows and things like that. But yeah, it just took forever, you know, I don't really know why, uh, for us to finally get around to recording uh, this debut. Is it perfect? No, no. I mean, we were living in an apartment in Dallas at the time, so uh, you didn't have money to pay for a studio. So I did my drums, I think, at my parents' house in one of their spare rooms, so it's not <laughs> outstanding. And uh, guitars, we had to record at the apartment. We had to record them direct, which is not ideal, but it's just what we had to do uh, because of the living situation. We couldn't make a bunch of noise miking up guitar cabs and stuff. And then Sean, I believe, did the vocals. Like, I loaned him my best microphone, and he did the vocals at his uh, house that he was renting, I think just in his closet, you know, which is always a good space to do any sort of home recording for vocals because the closet's usually a pretty dead space. So yeah, I mean, we just pieced it together as best we could, had my friend JT do the mixing and mastering of it, and um, pretty proud of it, pretty proud of the performances on it, especially the drumming, I'm happy with my performance on this record. But this song is called No End, and it literally references that there will be no end to the drinking this night, is one of the lines in the lyrics, so uh, how could I not include it in this episode? So here we go, off of our 2016 one and only album, Wanderers. This is Of Oak with No End.
And there we have it. That was my old band of Oak with no end off of our one and only album Wanderers, which I believe you can still purchase um, at least digitally. I don't know if there's any physical copies left anymore, but you can find it on the Bandcamp still going. Um, all right, we're staying in the USA here out of Los Angeles, California. Been around since 82. Influenced a lot of people over the years. That band is Wasp. Wasp is still going strong. In fact, they're actually going to be going on tour in November of, uh, of this year with uh, Armored Saint and I think the Michael Shanker group, um, which I think Michael Shanker is uh, a lunatic, so I really don't care about seeing, <laughs> seeing him. Uh, he talks like he invented guitar playing pretty much. Um, but Wasp I've never seen, and I would like to see them, and Armored Saint, I've never seen them live either, so I'm considering going, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Wasp, you know, their debut was a classic, I mean, excellent, excellent record. Um, the follow-up, just as good, so I'm playing something off of the follow-up. Um, if you haven't seen, there's a documentary, I watched it on Tubi, um, and... It was called Mean Man, I think, and it's a documentary about Chris Holmes, um, the guitar player, former guitar player of Wasp, and uh, just kind of follows him, like, talking about his career in Wasp, and then it follows him now with his solo career. Uh, he lives in France these days, um, but it was a really good documentary. It kind of gives you some insight as to the dynamic of the band, you know, back in the early 80s and how it had kind of shifted as time went on, and and led to some tensions and things like that. But yes, there's no denying that those early Wasp records were really good. In fact, I, you know, uh, I learned that, uh, what's his name, Frankie Benali from Quiet Riot actually did some drums on at least one Wasp album, maybe two. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting note, I guess. But yeah, I'm playing one. <laughs> I'm playing one about getting pissed drunk in Texas. So... This is off of the second album called The Last Command that came out in November of 85 through Capitol Records. I have no idea how many records they're up to now. Um, but yeah, those first three or four were, were really, really solid. So, here we go. There's not really much else to be said here. Off of the second album, The Last Command, this is Wasp with Blind in Texas. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, there we go. Out of Los Angeles, that was Wasp with Blind in Texas. Great song, very, very singable song right there. All right, we're jumping to Denmark. I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. Band existed from 81 to 85 and then reformed from 93 to 99. And while they didn't break up after 99, they just kind of went silent for a very long time. And now they're kind of reactivated as of 2019 and going to be playing a couple of festivals and things uh, this upcoming year and next year. And supposedly working on a new record. And that band is Merciful Fate, who is one of my favorites of all time. Because I am absolutely a King Diamond fanboy through and through. And I'm going to play something off of really one of my favorite records of Merciful Fate, which is Into the Unknown. Um, the 90s material tends to get overlooked, and even when it is discussed, it seems to mostly be uh, In the Shadows, the 1993 reunion album, um, which is a great record. And then the follow-up, Time, is also a great record. But Into the Unknown and uh, the next one, uh, Dead Again... Uh, seem to really get overlooked quite a bit, but uh, Dead Again is okay. Into the Unknown, I think, is a, is a stellar album. Um, the production on it is phenomenal. I think this was recorded at the Dallas Sound Lab, uh, if I remember correct. Because um, in the mid-90s, I think both King Diamond and Merciful Fate recorded there before moving on to uh, Nomad Studios in the late 90s. But yeah, this was their fifth album out of seven, and I really hope it's true that they're working on a new one, because uh, I, I need, I think they're under contract for one, and King Diamond's solo band is under contract for at least one more as well, so we better damn well get it. But yeah, this came out in 96 through Metal Blade, and I believe they're still signed to Metal Blade, and they, I mean, Merciful Fate sings about Satan, they don't sing about drinking, but <laughs> there's this one exception on Into the Unknown, and I really like this song. Um, I've been learning it on guitar. It's pretty simple, really. Um, but it's just kind of fun to jam on guitar whenever I'm bored, pretty much. But yeah. Very, very rare song referencing alcohol here. So here we go off of 1996, Into the Unknown. This is Merciful Fate with 15 men and a bottle of rum. Oh 
Merciful Fate from Denmark with 15 men and a bottle of rum. I love the production on that record. It's really, really good. It's also the last record that involved uh, Michael Denner, because after this on Dead Again is when he left again and uh, was replaced by Mike Weed, who was um, playing guitar on Dead Again and uh, Nine. And he's still playing guitar for them now. And it's one of those things where Michael Denner has gone on record as saying... I don't really know what the issue is. Like He has basically said, I want to be involved in these reunion shows and on this next album and stuff. And he said, for whatever reason, King Diamond is just not uh, extending the invitation to him to come back. He's sticking with Mike Weed along with Hank Sherman, which is fine because I like Mike Weed as well. But I think the likelihood is that this will probably be their last album so i think the fans would love to see michael denner back in the fold just for one more record but whatever it's been so long i'll take whatever i can get for merciful fate <laughs> all right so we're jumping to sweden here this band uh initially existed from 91 to 08 broke up for a few years reformed in 2011 and they're still going strong now that band is gehenna and no, it's not the Norwegian Gehenna. Um, that is a black metal band that uh, for a time there had Frost from Satyricon uh, doing some session drums for them. And great black metal band. But nope, this is Swedish Gehenna. I've played them one other time on the podcast and they are very much just a nasty, crusty, blackened thrash. Um, it's just a lot of denim vests and, <laughs> and just... Uh, fu attitude from this band for sure um but yeah i'm gonna play something like this is also on their demo their 1994 demo called brilliant loud overlords of destruction <laughs> which is a hilarious title uh that was released on cassette just independently but this song later appeared on their debut hard rocker which i think came out the following year in 95 if i remember right but uh so i'm gonna play the version that's off a of hard rocker just because it's a little more Slightly more polished, you can hear what's going on a little bit better, but it's still very raw and rough around the edges for sure. But um, yeah, this one, they have uh, several songs about <laughs> partying and drinking and stuff, but uh, this one is uh, is definitely my favorite, and I just love the title, and it's a good song as well. So here we go, off of their debut album, Hard Rocker, this is Gehenna with Piss Off, I'm Drinking. <laughs> Thank you. 
Gehenna from Sweden with Piss Off, I'm Drinking. Yeah, definitely very punk-inspired, but still um, very thrashy. Great vocals, and um, they're just a fun band to listen to, for sure. Not They're not for every day. Uh, they're for when the mood hits. Uh, Alright, we're going to uh, the Faroe Islands here. This band's been around since 98. This one is actually a request from one of my faithful listeners and bandmates, Mr. Cody Daniels. He requested this band and he gave me three possible song choices. Um, not necessarily about drinking. One of them was about drinking, but he said it's not as catchy as some of these others. So I picked one of the other two that's uh, uh, catchier, as he said. I've never really been a fan of this band. I don't hate them, but it's like, I don't know. They just never really resonated with me. Uh, to the point where I was buying up any of their stuff, but um, but it's certainly not bad. But yes, I told you I had a couple of requests uh, on this episode, and I'm gonna gonna play those ones now. So I got this one from Cody, and I'll got another one a bit later on in the episode, which I'll tell you when it gets there. But uh, the band is Tear. I don't know if I said that T Y R from the Faroe Islands, and they. Are pretty heavy, pretty epic, um, slightly folkish, just a little bit, but uh, I don't know. They're kind of not as folky as you might think. Uh, you know, bands from from that part of the world tend to be. But I'm going to play something off of their 2009 album, "By the Light of the Northern Star." That's their fifth record out of eight, and that was released through Napalm Records. I'm not sure who they're signed to now. 
Um, but yes, this one, I believe, is the opening cut off of this record, and it's pretty good. It's pretty epic. I could see how this would be a good drinking song. So, Cody, this is for you. Off of the album By the Light of the Northern Star, this is Tear with Hold the Heathen Hammer High.
right, there we go. That was Tear from the Faroe Islands with Hold the Heathen Hammer High. All right. We're jumping back to the USA here. This is a very, very classic band that has been around since 1980. Kind of douchebags, but I don't know. They're just confident, I guess. <laughs> the band is Manowar, and as cheesy and goofy as Manowar can be, there's no doubt that their early records really influenced a lot of people. Um, I mean, you could say that some of their stuff influenced uh, Bathory with the more epic uh, Viking era of Bathory. Could Definitely you could see some of the, the slower, more epic Man of War songs. You can definitely get some similarities there. Um, so yeah, as cheesy as they are, they're still a very important band. That being said, <laughs> this song I'm about to play is hilarious. Um, it's got some of the worst lyrics, really cheesy lyrics about just quitting your job and and saying screw this to the world and then you find a, a metal concert and you get invited inside and you're meeting up with all these other metal brothers that are holding up, hand you a beer and holding their fists up in the air and giving the horns and just uh, this brotherhood of metal and blah, blah, blah. Basically a scenario that doesn't happen ever on Earth at any time. So, totally ridiculous. The music video is even more ridiculous. But, man, it is definitely a favorite amongst me and my friends because it is a stupid song, but it's very chant chantable. That's, I don't know if that's a word. But you cannot help but kind of chant along with some of these lines and the chorus and stuff like that um, it's ridiculous but in the best way possible so uh, the album is called Gods of War that came out in 2007 through Magic Circle Music and that's their 10th album out of 11 um, they don't really release much these days they tend to just kind of play live uh, but even though even with that it's kind of a, a they're a shell of what they used to be as far as the lineup goes, you know, it's just Eric Adams, the singer, and Joey DeMaio, the bass player, and then they've just got two just dudes, you know, in the band these days. But yes, here we go. Off of the 10th album, Gods of War. This is Man of War with Die for Metal. Brother said my friends are over there 
Oh man, that is so terribly good. That is a definite, while not about drinking per se, it is a definite drinking song for me and the buddies. Uh, well, I guess he doesn't he doesn't mention drinking much, but he mentions the guy beside me gave me a beer, so that's close enough for a tie-in, right? But it's just a good kind of slow headbanger right there. All right, we're jumping to Sweden. This band's been around since 92. There's no way I could do an episode about uh, drinking anthems without playing this band. That band is a monomarth, and they reference drinking. Um... You know, with some regularity, I guess, here and there in their lyrics. And this one is by far the most uh, anthemic, for sure. And I'm not usually that big on... What gets me with the Monomarth sometimes is that they, they started writing songs for the sake of live. And Watain kind of fell into that trap for a while, too, which is like they were clearly writing choruses with like the thought process of, like, oh, the fans will definitely chant this part live or chant along with us and stuff and I don't know I'm not a fan of writing it for the purpose of fan involvement you know what I mean if fan involvement happens it should happen kind of naturally it shouldn't kind of be forced into the song that being said this song is a good one and it's perfect for this episode it truly is so it's off of the album Young's Viking and that came out in March of 2016 through Metal Blade. Uh, it's their 10th album out of 11. I think the most recent one's called Berserker. Um, and I think they're working on a new one now, actually. But um, but yeah, this one actually had Tobias Gustafsson on drums, because this was around the time that they uh, fired Frederick Anderson, their longtime drummer, and uh, they used Tobias for the studio uh, before getting their, their current drummer, um, whose name is escaping me, but... He's a really good drummer, their uh, their current guy. But yeah, they had Tobias do session work just for this album, and he did an outstanding job. Um, but yeah, this song is uh, definitely the most single-worthy, you know what I mean? Just kind of that mid-paced anthem, and uh, it sticks in your head. So here we go, off of Young's Viking, this is Amana Marth with Raise Your Horns. <laughs>
There we go. That was a Monomarth with Raise Your Horns. Definitely very suitable for this episode. All right. We're going to Germany for the next two, actually. This band has been around since 87. And they are one of my favorites. First discovered them back in high school uh, in the liner notes of uh, Iced Earth albums. They kept thanking bands like Jag Panzer and Blind Guardian. So I'm about to play some Blind Guardian. I'm burping. Just took a sip of my beer. I'm allowed to. Um, but yes, that's where I first discovered Blind Guardian and checked them out and loved them. Um... My first record of theirs was Imaginations from the Other Side, which I bought probably around 2001. Um, and then bought Nightfall and Middle-Earth shortly thereafter. And then I remember really highly anticipating the release of uh, A Night at the Opera. And it was not as good as the previous two, but it was still okay. But yeah, I've been a fan ever since, and uh, I'm really looking forward to their new one. They just announced the title and everything. Uh, the new album is going to be called The God Machine. And that's coming out in September, I believe. Uh, but they're releasing some singles off of that. They've already released a couple. I think they've got one more coming in a few weeks. So I'll be checking that out. But I'm playing something off of Nightfall in Middle-Earth, which came out in 1998 through Virgin Records. And that's their sixth album out of 12. Um, it's a really long record. I want to say it had over 20 tracks because it has a lot of little interludes and just kind of spoken word you know passages and things like introducing the next song pretty much and um so yeah there's not a ton of like full songs on there uh so don't be discouraged if you've never heard the record and you check it out and see like oh my god there's 22 tracks on this you know it's not all full-length tracks um but yes this song falls into that category of like while it's not about drinking it's definitely a drinking with your buddies around the campfire sing-along type song and uh, it's definitely, when they play it live, it's a sing-along song because the crowd, especially when they're playing in Europe or in Germany more specifically, like their home country, they have massive crowds. And whenever they play this song, people are singing along to where Hansi doesn't even have to sing it, really. The crowd just takes over and does it for them. But um, it's definitely a classic and a fan favorite here. So off of Nightfall in Middle Earth, this is Blind Guardian with The Bard Song in the Forest. Now you all know the bots and their songs when ours have gone by.
There's only one song left in my mind. Tales of a brave man who lived far from here. Now the bad songs are over and it's time to leave. No one should ask you for the name of the one who tells the That was Blind Guardian with the Bard song, In the Forest. Really, really excellent song, and that's such a nice change of pace uh, tune. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) I got the wrong info. So the Bard song, In the Forest, is off of uh, Somewhere Far Beyond, I believe. I don't know why I wrote down Nightfall in Middle-Earth and like all of Nightfall in Middle-Earth's album info. But um, that's because I confuse sometimes. I forget that it's not on that album. The one on that album um, that's kind of the change of pace tune on Nightfall in Middle-Earth is called The Elder. And yeah, I don't know why I must have been thinking that for some reason. But no, the Bard song's off of Somewhere Far Beyond. I can't believe I botched the hell out of that song intro. But I've redeemed it right now by remembering that. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes, like, <laughs> as the song finished, I'm looking at my notes and I'm just like, what the hell? That's not correct at all. So, let's, uh, let's try to forge ahead here <laughs> after that mistake. So, we're staying in Germany here. This is uh, one of the big four of German thrash bands. Been around since 84. That band is Creator. And uh, this is another one of the um, requests that I had. So, this is from my old roommate, Corey. Who I just went to go see in Colorado just a few weeks ago. And, yeah, texted him and said, Hey, man, uh, give me a song. Any song, you know, that you want to hear for a good, like, drinking anthem episode. You know, what would you consider a really good, like, drinking tune? And I said, it doesn't have to be about drinking, but I said, what's like just a good headbanger that you would want to hoist a beer uh, while listening to it? So he gave me this one. So the song is called From Flood Into Fire, and I really love this song. And I kind of spread the word of this album around after I got it. And it never got very good uh, ratings from critics and stuff. Um, like if you check on Metal Archives and stuff, it's not that highly rated, but I don't get it because I think it's a really strong record. The record's called Phantom Antichrist, 
and that came out in June of 2012. It's their 13th album out of 15. I think they're just about to release uh, their 16th. And that came out through Nuclear Blast, and they promoted it very heavily. And it's excellent. The production is really good. The songs are super memorable. Um, a lot of their diehard fans are kind of upset, I guess, at the more melodic touch that they have on their songs the last few albums. Um, but I think they do it really well, and I think it just makes the songs more memorable. It doesn't have to be full straight-ahead aggression all the time. Um, I kind of like that melodic flair that they've been putting into their stuff. But this one is just a really good headbang and tempo, very catchy chorus, and uh, just kind of has a, a big, like, epic feel to it. And, yeah, I couldn't agree more that this is a good one to just raise a, a stein of beer up to this one. So, yes, here we go. This one is for Corey off of Phantom Antichrist. This is Creator with From Flood Into Fire.
There we go. That was for Corey. That was Creator from Germany with From Flood Into Fire. Really great and memorable tune. Um, yeah, if you just kind of, you know, glossed over that album when it came out, go back and listen to it because those songs are really, really catchy. All right. It is that time for me to announce the final song of the episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for giving some suggestions for uh, for the themes here. I got some really good ones, and like I said, I'm going to try to do uh, another themed episode for episode 120. But uh, the next episode, 119, should be out on time in a couple of weeks, and it'll just be a regular episode. Uh, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. If you want to tell somebody where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com. Um... Or you can listen on the free Podbean app or on Spotify as well. If you have any sort of feedback or requests or anything, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And then, of course, please find and like the Facebook page uh, because any sort of updates or questions, just like recently when I asked you guys what you want to hear for a themed episode, anything like that uh, regarding future episodes, it's all going to be posted on the Facebook page. So please find and uh, like the Facebook page. Ah, so yes, it is that time. This has been a fun episode. It was a fun one and somewhat difficult, really, because there's, I know there's more songs than this. I know I've left off some good ones, I'm sure. But when push came to shove and I was trying to think of songs about drinking, 
I was kind of freezing up a little bit. Like it took more effort than I expected to find what I needed for this uh, for this episode. So I'm sure I left out some, and I'm sure I might uh, hear about it after I release this. Some of you guys will probably send me some messages and say, "How could you not include this one?" And I'll probably do a facepalm moment and say, "Ah, shit! I should have included that." But tried my best here, people. So yes, we're gonna finish strong here. We're jumping to Ireland band has been around since 92 that band is primordial and i love primordial although alan the singer gets on my nerves fairly often with some of his opinions and things um and kind of political views and things like that i don't always agree with him um i held a grudge for quite a while with primordial because of some stuff he just said about like american crowds and stuff like that and why he hates tour in the usa so i just kind of had a uh, f that guy attitude for a while but uh, ultimately, I still love the band and love the music, and um, so I I came around to uh, you know being a full blown Primordial fan again. But yes, I'm gonna play something off of Redemption at the Puritan's Hand, which came out in 2011 through Metal Blade Records, and that's their seventh album out of nine. Um, the one that followed it, uh, where Greater Men Have Fallen, was fairly solid. Like, I give that maybe a 7 out of 10. It wasn't spectacular, but it was solid. And then the one, the most recent one that came out, which I can't even think of the title of it, but I just didn't like it. I thought it was boring, and um, I don't know. They just kind of lost the magic for me. So I'm hoping that their next one is going to be a step in the right direction. Because I want to like Primordial. But um, this one is kind of referencing drinking a bit because he mentions uh, 4 a.m. whiskey soaked wisdom so just basically meaning uh, the things that he would say after a night full of drinking whiskey Um, so I think kind of that's good enough of a reference to uh, to justify its inclusion in the episode here but it's a great song very epic song and I think it's a good way to uh, to close out the podcast here so see you guys in two weeks with episode 119 until then here we go off of redemption at the puritan's hand this is primordial with bloodied yet unbowed cheers (laughs) 